Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carlos Swanigan. I'm so glad that you're joining us. Before we jump into today's show, I just wanted to ask you a favor. Could you take a moment and go and subscribe to the podcast and even rate it? If you're already subscribed, if you could just go and rate it, that would be awesome. I would be so grateful. That really helps get the word out about this podcast to other people that may not know about it, and it just helps us um, just spread the word in general about the scandalous grace of Jesus. I would be so grateful. And if you're new to this podcast and you want to hear some previous episodes, we have every one we've ever recorded posted on my website, carlaswanigan.com. Plus, you can find out much more about this ministry and about me and what God's doing on that website as well. And again, that's carlaswanigan.com. We would also love to hear from you if you want to shoot us an email at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com and share with us what God is doing in your life through this podcast. That is so encouraging. And we love to hear your stories of God's faithfulness and goodness that's happening in your life. So thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for liking us and following us on social media and also for subscribing and rating the podcast. I'm really grateful. Now let's jump in and hear today's episode of Scandalous Grace. Hey everybody, welcome to Scandalous Grace. I am your host, Carla Swanigan. I am so glad that you're tuning in to the podcast today. I am especially excited that you're here because you get to meet my amazing friend, Emily Parker. Emily, say hello. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad you guys get to meet her. She is a friend that I've made here in California at BSSM, and we are first-year students together. We are in the same revival group, and we've just gotten to know each other, and um, we love hanging out. We just had some delicious ice cream right before we started recording. So yes. you may hear our sugar high, which is to your benefit, I'm sure. But um, yeah, Emily's just an awesome girlfriend. And we, we've we had a couple of conversations, I would say, Em, over like dinner, where we, we have like God talk, I call it, where we end up having yes. this like conversation. We feel like the Holy Spirit just totally leads us to talk about stuff. And... Um, There's been a couple of times that I'm like, dang, I totally should have recorded that because we just, you know, we get into some really good stuff. Yes. So I was hoping that today we could talk about a little further about a conversation we actually had recently Mm -hmm. about women and women in leadership, um, kind of on the heels of a podcast I'd done previously with Leslie Crandall. Mm -hmm. So if you guys missed that podcast, it's a few episodes back. You can find it. It's Leslie Crandall. You can go and listen to that and listen to her talk about um, women in leadership. She's the overseer here at BSSM first year program. But Emily and I were just kind of talking about some of the things that um, we value with women in leadership and just leadership in general, really. Mm -hmm. And we got in this conversation about um, just being mature in leadership and what does that mean and is it necessary and what does it look like and so I just wanted to kind of dig into that a little bit today. So does that sound fun? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm ready. All right. So I'm going to ask you to tell our listeners what you and I were talking about. You were kind of telling me a story about some things that God was revealing to you mm-hmm. and, you know, just about your heart and the feelings that you were having. So why don't we just jump right in and you tell me, tell me how all that started and came up. Sure. So I think one of the things that um, 
I've been learning this year is that to lead others well, it starts with leading yourself well. Um, and so this year for me in general has been kind of an awakening of what leading myself well looks like. Yeah. And before I could even start to lead myself well, I had to know myself. So this year has been really an introduction to me and to my heart, mm. which I previously really numbed out and shut down because I didn't have any tools for managing pain or my feelings in general, any negative feelings, I should say, all for the positive. Yes. Um, but yeah, sadness or hurt or disappointment, those things were just, I would rather kind of stuff those down and not look at that um, and really ended up suppressing my ability to be joyful along with those things that I was stuffing down. Um, so as I've been walking with the Lord this year, um, I've had a lot of opportunity to step into leadership yeah. and to, to be powerful, but at the same time feel like a complete mess on the inside and really grappling with the Lord over what it means to be a leader. Um, when in my head I had this kind of linear process that looked like, oh, your heart is in check, everything's going well for you, now lead. Mm. Whereas... The truth of the matter is now it looks quite a bit like a giant mess of being truly you and being in touch with your heart and knowing how you feel and letting the Lord into that space where I previously was shutting him out Yeah. so that I can lead with actual authenticity. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. I, For people that haven't experienced this school, <laughs> yeah. Um, the first year program they say is all about really focuses on your identity and who you are in Christ, right? But I always say, to when I describe it to my friends back home or my family, it's like having, especially the first few months of school, for me, it was like having open heart surgery every single day yes. of the school week. Mm -hmm. For the first several months, having open heart surgery without anesthesia. That's what it feels <laughs> like. And what I mean by that is not that it was super painful, the anesthesia part, but the anesthesia is the part that puts you to sleep. So you don't have to look at it. You don't have to see the mess. You don't have to feel the pain. You don't have to experience the healing process because that's really what it is. It's a healing process. That's so good. Such a good analogy. <clears throat> and that's what I felt like was God's doing all this stuff. All these things are coming up, but I'm having to look at it, mm -hmm. like you said. Mm -hmm. And it feels really messy. Yeah. But here at school, they encourage us and they say that, you know, it's going to be messy. Mm -hmm. And was that your experience? Like, obviously. Yes, you're speaking, <laughs> speaking my language. <laughs> um, I totally resonate with the, the heart surgery analogy and thinking through um, what it looked like for me to totally surrender yeah. in this process and let him touch the things that maybe I, I didn't want him to touch or you know, having a, a free will that he gives us, it was always a choice, right? You can resist this or you can surrender. And to know that I may be choosing to endure pain or maybe choosing to um, mourn things that have hurt me and, and not the most pleasant season of life, which, you know, isn't super inviting, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. But to know that he's so good and that the end of this, sowing in tears is a a harvest of laughter and joy and so really trusting that and trusting him in the process to do and be who he says he is yeah it's so good yeah I feel like um, I'll speak for myself and you can let me know 
your experience, but coming from the church leadership background mm-hmm. and being a women's pastor for several years and just even leading Bible studies and, and whatever else God was calling me to step into leadership and do, I always felt like I had to have it all together. And when I didn't, I felt so much shame mm-hmm. and guilt, even for, like we were talking about before we started recording, even any negative thought I would have, um, anything that would, um, I would just become aware, like I would have a jealousy thought, you know, like, oh, she got to do that and I didn't, or she won that award and I didn't, you know, and even immediately, like Joyce Meyer says, like we were talking about earlier, Joyce Meyer always says, just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's yours and you get to decide if you accept it or not. I mean, I'm paraphrasing her, but that's, that's the gist of it. And when she said that, that gave me so much freedom because I'm like, oh, just because I thought that for a second doesn't mean that that's my core of my heart. My heart is not black. My heart is not (laughs) full of ugly bitterness or resentfulness. It's a flash of a thought that comes to my mind and I can choose to Mm -hmm. partner with it or say, no, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Or I don't feel that way. And and then not feel any shame or guilt afterwards. That's the, that's the key. And, um, but I, I was in a place in my own heart, I think in my own growth with the Lord and leadership, I just assumed even when I got to school, I was like, okay, I've been in leadership for X number of years. I've been a pastor for X number of years. I've done this, I've done that. I should have it together by now. Mm-hmm. I should I should have all the right answers. I should handle chaos in a mature way. I should handle crisis in a certain way. I should handle trauma or any kind of disruption going on at home with a I should have strong shoulders and a steady back and you know like all these things because I should be mature enough in Christ now that nothing shakes me, you know, cuz I want to show God that I am ready for whatever leadership or whatever opportunity in life he wants to give me and I want to set a good example like all those kind of thoughts I mean it wasn't a conscious thought Mm -hmm. I think it was kind of subliminal to me and I heard Libby Gordon who are who is one of the first year revival group pastors out here in one of our AMT classes telling her own story of how as a pastor she had to come to realize that it wasn't required of her to be perfect and have it all together and have all of her thoughts perfect and in order like and she could be processing and going through stuff and still be a healthy leader and that process was healthy and perfection is not you know and that was a huge wake-up call for me and um I think it really shifted that was the beginning of the year um pretty much for me and it really shifted how I saw myself Mm -hmm. and how I saw healthy leadership yeah you know, because I think I'd always heard the phrase mature leadership. And I'm like, I want to be a mature leader. But now I realize I don't care about being a mature leader. I want to be a healthy leader. Absolutely. And a healthy leader has process. Yes. And isn't perfect. And I just love if you could talk a little bit more about um, how you talk to your heart. Mm-hmm. And if you could share that with our listeners, because that was so helpful to me. Even the other night at dinner, it was like breakthrough Um, for me in my own life? Yeah, Um, I think for me, very similar mindset coming into this year in terms of leadership. And one of the things that came to mind as you were talking is this word weakness Hmm. and this unhealthy correlation that we have to any 
imperfection being this place of weakness that can't be used and really the reminder that God's power is perfected in our weakness and how much he can use and leverage that and for me my defense mechanism was to hide and cover those things because to be weak meant that I wasn't qualified anymore to lead Um, and really to let the Lord see all of that and begin to touch it and uproot it and shift my mindset uh, into agreement with how he treated me, how he treated my heart. Mm. And so what I've been able to do is learn from him. I, I asked him, teach me how you treat me so that I can choose and partner with that and treat myself that way. Wow. Say that again. <laughs> teach me. Teach me how to treat my heart. Teach me how you treat my heart. Um, because no one treats us the way he does. Right. We don't have <clears throat> an understanding of how well he cares for our hearts until he begins to reveal it. And he's always revealing it. But in this season, I felt him just highlighting his desire to show me how he treats me so that I could begin to treat myself in the same way and really get free of a lot of this unhealthy mentality that I had around leadership and being a powerful woman of God. So just giving my heart, and this is a key word for me, permission. Mm. Give your heart permission to feel what it's feeling. Yes. He gives you permission. There's no requirement that you must behave or feel a certain way. And I think we get trapped in that. We get mixed up in this idea that we are Christians and have to feel Christian. Right. You have to be the good Christian all the time. And so giving your heart permission to feel things, um, because when you're really real with how you're feeling and inviting him into that, he can actually heal it. He can't minister to what you won't open before him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been an undoing, I would mm, say. It's so good. Yeah, I think that um, for myself and so many people listening, the key is what you said is giving yourself permission to feel the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if you're feeling sad because somebody else was chosen for something that you hope to be chosen for, that's okay to feel sad. Mm-hmm. It's what are you going to do with that sadness? Are you going to let it turn into bitterness, envy, and jealousy? No. You're going to give it to the Lord and say, like what you said, you're going to give your heart permission to feel mm-hmm. the sadness and let the Lord come in and minister to you in that mm-hmm. place. And I think that that is really a powerful tool that we can all have in our tool belt, you know, whether we're in what we would consider active leadership or not. I mean, you're leading somebody. That's right. I mean, you may not be leading um, a church or a business, but you're leading your family. Mm -hmm. You're leading yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, like everybody's leading somebody and setting an example, but most importantly, taking care of their own heart with the Lord. And that's so good. Yes. There was something else that you brought up, and um, I wanted to go back to it. I think a lot of us get stuck in the part where we feel the feeling, and then we feel shame for feeling the feeling because we think we need to be a perfect Christian. Right. And I really, I mean, honestly, I keep bringing that up because I think that that is a big issue. Yes. That a lot of us experience. Um me in my own life and like I said Joyce Meyer saying like as long as you don't agree with that but I know that that's a place where the enemy likes to come in and just affect people bring shame bring guilt like what's 
something that when you're talking to your heart and that shame tries to come, what's something that you can do or say to kind of like ward that off and just stop it? Yeah. So I think um, it looks different every time. Sure. And one of the things just practically in the process of learning how to take care of my heart when these things kind of come at it, um, to break partnership with shame or condemnation or the accusation that's coming against me for feeling anything but a perfect feeling or a perfect thought, um, I have to first acknowledge it Mm -hmm. and take ownership of the fact that I'm feeling that instead of trying to, again, numb or negate it and kind of walk right by it. I think one of the other things that I've learned this year, we talk a lot about fighting lies with the truth Mm. and so even fighting my my lie or the the accusation with truth sometimes for me was also a drive-by of ministering to that feeling Mm. it was oh you're sad or oh you feel angry the truth is you are you know set free and a child of god and what yada yada yeah, whatever there's no you condemnation have. that's for right drink- yeah and so i would slap my bible verse band-aid truth over this wound without actually receiving healing in that area come on um so one of the things that i've just been pondering lately is that the truth doesn't heal it it seals it mm. so to know that in this moment i'm feeling this certain emotion or this negative something or other, possibly from the enemy, I'm going to let the Lord in to comfort that before I move on. I'm going to let him touch it with a healing touch. And then once I've processed that and let him love me in that place, not admonish me, not fix me, but even in the wounded place, love me there Mm -hmm. and then later go back and seal after that process seal it with the truth so that i'm not ministering from a a wound that's hidden under my band-aid but there's actually been a healing that and a comforting that has taken place so that i'm ready to to get back out there yeah that's powerful that's so good i think that i mean that's not something that we would even realize that we're doing is using that you know, Bible verse band-aid, like yeah. you said, but that's so true because we're just like, oh, we're, we're grabbing at truth and saying, oh, we need to wash it with truth, wash it with truth, which I get like, yes, that, but you're right. We need to let him in to heal it instead of stuffing it or pretending like it's not there and just trying to cover it up. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I think that's really powerful. I love that you shared that. That's beautiful. <laughs> well, I don't know. I want to pray for people listening. Yes, let's do it. Yeah, because this is some really good revelation. And you guys that are listening, I just encourage you, um, maybe do what I do. Sometimes I write phrases on my mirror that God is speaking to me that have like his, I say it has his breath on it in that moment for me. It just hits me the right way. It can be something I've heard a million times, or it can be a brand new phrase. But if if it zings me, if it hits me, and, and I just feel like, oh, wow, that was good, or that was true. I'll try and write it down, and then later I'll write it on my mirror because I know it's for this season that I'm in, and it, and it just gives me a, something to declare and something to remember. And so <clears throat> I wrote down a couple of things that you said. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we should say to our heart, and we should say we should check in with our heart and see how it's feeling, you know, and then ask Jesus, teach me how 
you treat my heart. Teach me to treat my heart like you treat my heart. And I think that's so good. And it's also important to give our hearts permission to feel what they're feeling and not just ignore it or sweep it under the rug or pretend like it's not there. Definitely. And then um, I loved that you said the truth doesn't heal it, it seals it. So like let the Holy Spirit come in and minister to the pain and then seal it with the truth. That's really powerful. So I just wanted my listeners to like get all that and remind them of that. And now let's pray for some people. I would love it if you would, um, you had such a breakthrough in that area. I would love it if you would release that to our listeners. And um, then I'll just jump in when you're done. So let's pray. Sounds good. Father, I thank you for your healing hand. Lord, I just speak to every heart that's listening right now and say, awaken. Lord, I pray that your ministering touch would comfort every hurting heart right now and that the listeners would give themselves full permission to feel everything that they're feeling and to bring it before you with no shame, no condemnation, and to just let you in in this moment. God, I pray that you would you just open their hearts, touch them, Father. And God, I pray that you would come alongside and supply the truth yeah. to seal what you've done. Thank you for every breakthrough, for everyone listening. God, that if you've done it for me, you'll do it again. So, Lord, I release everything that you've done for me in this season, and I freely give it as I freely received it. In Jesus' name. And, Lord, I just thank you for everyone listening that this is like um, a topic they've never thought about before, maybe, and they're just kind of like processing everything we said. Lord, I just thank you for like a Holy Spirit anointing to be on them, to really receive it and and to process it, even the parts that they don't fully like it's maybe even bringing up, I just feel like it's bringing up some old stuff and some old wounds in people of places where they realize they never really process their pain and they really never let the Lord in and they felt like maybe like I have in the past that I had to bury it and like you said, cover it up with some great scripture verse of truth. But Lord, um, I just pray right now that you'll You'll just come into their car if they're driving as they listen to this podcast or into their bathroom as they're um, getting ready for their day. You'll meet them wherever they're at, Lord, you know, running at the track or whatever they're doing. You will meet them, Jesus, and just be like, it's okay. I'm holding your hand. You don't have to look at it all at once, but I want to start a conversation with you about this topic. You know, I just feel like that's what you're saying, Holy Spirit. So I just thank you for the peace that I release right now in Jesus' name, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I thank you, Lord, that people don't have to be afraid to look at the stuff that's coming to their mind, that they can feel powerful because they are, because you're with them, Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, too. um, I just break off every bit of shame and guilt and condemnation that would try and come in on the heels of this, that would try and even come as they've been listening to our words talk about the things we've experienced um i just say no to shame i say no to you you cannot even participate in this topic between the listener and the lord so i just cut you off you're not allowed and i release um 
Yeah, I just cover everyone in the cloak of righteousness of Jesus. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I just cover them now with that beautiful white cloak in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, for what you're doing. Um, I thank you for even as we're praying these prayers, things are just breaking off of people. And, and wounds are being healed. Um, I thank you, Lord, for the heart surgery that doesn't take a long time. I thank you, Lord, for instant suddenly, just at the sound of my voice, they're just being healed from stuff, Lord, that they would think they would have to go through five or eight years of counseling to get through. You're just doing it right now because that's what a good father you are. So I just thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence um, through our words and, and through our time together today on this episode. I just thank you, God, for what you're doing. I thank you for Emily Parker. I bless her, God, and all that you're calling her to. Thank you for this revelation that you've given her and everything that you're calling her to do with it, Lord. I look forward to all the people she's going to heal and set free with her words. I thank you, God, for your goodness in our lives and all that you're doing, all that you've done, and all that you will do. And we just give you all the glory. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Girl, thanks for being on my show. Oh, my pleasure. Loved it. I'm so excited. And thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Scandalous Grace. You can always hear more about us. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Carlos Swanigan, Facebook, and also at my website, carloswanigan.com. And remember, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. Jesus.